जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा 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 Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 10, Text 23. Na devas chetano jitaha te punantya urukalena yuyam darshana matrataha nahiyam vayani tirthani na devas chetano jitaha Te punantya urukalena yuyam darshana matrata nahim mayani tirthani 
न देवाश्चेतनोजित ते पुनंत्यूरु कालेनायुयम दर्शानमात्रता Yuyam darshana matrataha Nahyam mayani tirthani Nadevas chetanojitaha Te punantya urukalena Yuyam darshana matrataha Transliteration, na, not, he, indeed, api mayani, consisting of sacred water, tirthani, holy places, na, not, devaha, deity forms of demigods, chetanaj ucha, Chetana Ujahitaha Devoid of life Te De Punanti Purify Urukalena After a long time Yuyam Yourselves Darshana Matrataha Simply by seeing Translation Mere bodies of water do not constitute holy places, nor are lifeless statues of demigods actual worshipable deities. Because external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence of the holy waters and the demigods, these purify only after a considerable time. But devotees like you purify Immediately, just by seeing. Let me repeat it again. Mere bodies of water do not constitute holy places, nor are lifeless statues of the demigods actual worshipable deities. Because external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence of the holy waters and the demigods, these purify only after a considerable time. But devotees like you, Purify immediately just by seeing. I will read the next couple of verses because this doesn't have a purport. Brahmanebhyo namasyamo yesma drupam trai mayam vibratya atma samadhana tapasvadhyaya samyayai By meditating upon the supreme soul, performing austerities, engaging in Vedic study, and following regulative principles, the Brahmanas sustain within themselves the three Vedas which are non-different from Lord Vishnu, Lord Brahma and me. Therefore, I offer my obeisances unto the Brahmanas. Sravana darshanadva pi mahapatkino vi pi abha syudhiran antayas chaschapi 
even the worst sinners and social outcasts are purified just by hearing about or seeing personalities like you imagine then how purified they become by directly speaking with you uh, i'll stop at a verse which has some purport uh, text 26 suta uvacha iti chandra lalasmasya dharma ghuyo bhrimtham vacho amrateyanam srishir nratprayat kranayo pibhan suta goswami said drinking with his ears lord shiva's nectarian and words full of confidential essence of religion markandeya rishi could not be satiated sachiramayaya vishno bramita karshito brisham sivavag amrata dvastva klesha punjastam abravit markandeya after being forced by lord vishnu's illusionary energy to wander about for a long time in the water of dissolution had become extremely exhausted but lord shiva's words of nectar vanquished his accumulated suffering and thus he addressed lord shiva so in this verse which we started the first one which is verse 23 uh lord shiva is saying that mere bodies of water do not constitute holy places nor lifeless statues of demigods so in this material universe there are lots of beautiful places which are also part of lord's material energy but what lord shiva is saying is they are not holy enough so there are very beautiful rivers there are very beautiful mountains uh streams lakes and places but they don't become teertha you know water we take is become is say jal in sanskrit but it only becomes teertha when it comes with contact with spiritual energy of the lord so one example of a mere body of water we can say is ganges so people say ganges is a river it flows in india but one should understand how its origin itself has come across right so when bali maharaj was doing yagya and lord came as vamana avataram and he became trivikrama so initially when lord incarnated he came as vamana as a dwarf boy and the name trivikrama only comes after he uh, expands himself and he asks bali maharaj for the three the three pieces of land and so trivikrama comes only after he expands himself to become gigantic and then he places his foot so when he places his foot actually there is a hole created and in swarga and that's how the water starts flowing and why ganges is pure is because it is emanating from the lord's lotus feet it is washing his feet and because it is touching the lord's feet it gets a pinkish hue the lord's feet as we know has a pinkish hue and that's why actually ganges's color has a pinkish hue now as said in this verse external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence of holy waters so material vision people may see ganges today as a very unclean river externally but it still has the potency in fact ganges water is the only water where you don't need to do purification and like other with mantras you can use it also directly that is the benefit of ganges water 
This is, the, this is according to Shastra. So, how does Ganges then come to earth in this, uh, in where we are today? So it so happens after in Ikshvaku dynasty, there's a king called Sagara and he does Ashwamedha Yagya. And as part of the Ashwamedha Yagya, he basically sends his horse and his 60,000 sons uh, to basically make sure, you know, that he is the king. Now Indra obviously gets very perturbed the moment an Ashwamedha Yagya is done because someone is coming after his kingdom. So Indra steals this horse and he takes it to the nether realm, the nether worlds, where Kapila Rishi is sitting and meditating. And it so happens that he takes the horse and ties close to Kapila Rishi. And Kapila Rishi has been doing meditation for a lot of time. And it so happens that when these sons come there and they disturb him, he opens his eyes and because of his potency, they become ashes. So, um, the King Sagara is very perturbed and he wants to, you know, he cannot, because once they become ashes, how do you purify them? How do you do, uh, you know, Antim Samskaram, as what we say, right? The Shraddha ceremony. And he wants to get the opportunity for them also to go back to Godhead. So he meditates to Brahma and it so means that you have to get uh, Ganges water to purify. And going forward, his ancestors, his couple of grandson, Anshuman tries to do the same thing. He meditates. He couldn't get it. Then after that, another of his grandson does it. After that, couldn't do it. Then finally Bhagiratha comes. So Bhagiratha plays to Brahma. And in context of the pastime, he is able to request. Because Ganges is first only flowing in Brahma Loka. In Swarga Lokam. And so he requests. So as part of this, when he requests, so Brahma orders, okay Ganges, now you go. But obviously, she is not happy because she wants to stay. She doesn't want to go in the other realms. Um, so, Lord Shiva agrees for the Ganges to fall on his matted locks. And that's how Ganges actually comes to earth in Bhulokam. Now, as part of this pastime, Kapila Maharishi and his sons were present in the nether realm. So, the Ganges also has to flow down. So, from the matted locks of Shiva, it splits into different streams. And Ganges then flows actually to the nether realm. So Ganges is the only river actually which flows in all the three, in the three realms actually. In Swargam, in Bhulokam and in the nether realms. And Sanskrit it is called Tripataga. That is where it's flowing in the three. Now of course, till the end of Kaliuga, Ganges will be flowing. And when it ceases to exist, that's when Kalkyavataram will happen. So, what this pastime shows us is, Ganges is not an ordinary river. It is something which is emanated by flowing from the lotus feet of the Lord. So, any object, Tirtham, we call Vrindavanam, or we call Mayapur, or many Jagannathpuri, there are many places, they are all only because of the Lord's potency, His presence. Only because of Him, they are purified. Otherwise, they are just material objects. Just like as in the verse it is said, worshipable deities, they may be demigods or we worship Archa Vigraha. For Archa Vigraha to be worshipped, it has to be done Pran Pratishtha. Without that, it is equivalent to stone. We can worship out of sentiment, but potency of a deity comes only with Pran Pratishtha. 
and that is why a purification process is done whenever a deity is established because you invoke the deity to be present there and that's why you have to also take care of it just like in a temple we feed the lord you know he is not an object he is a person who is present in archa vigraham the archam is pure sachidananda vigraham anadyanidu godam sarva karana karanam now in spite of this as said lord shiva is saying external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence because obviously because of our past karma because we are covered by the modes of material nature and our impurities we cannot appreciate the purification some people say yes we take ganges we get purified for our sins yes that is the purpose of ganges but what is the higher purpose she is only serving the lord so ultimately to get love for lord after all what as devotees we pray we want to feel dust of the feet of the devotees or serve at the dust of the lotus feet of lord so imagine what ganges is doing she is washing the lord's feet what more parama bhakta she is actually <laughs> that is a, that is her that is her position we all want to do other service she only wants to wash the lord's feet so in this past time actually it is a nice connection that markandeya rishi is talking and he is in namasharanyam and he gets in the ocean of dissolution and he comes out and lord shiva is talking to him and see who is talking lord shiva himself is advising this verse he is talking about holy bodies and he is the one who is actually bearing ganges on his head to come to flow and give benefit to us what as as we say vaishnavam yatha shambhu lord shiva is also not an ordinary person he is a topmost devotee of lord and he himself is again again emphasizing this that ordinary bodies are different that which is spiritual in contact with the lord has a different effect and he says that only over considerable time and what does that mean that means that lord has said cheto darpanam arjanam immediately we cannot see this generally people may not understand what shall we gram we worship yes there is some tinge of past may come and by effect of chanting the lord's name taking prasadam this purifies one slowly and steadily to realize the lord is present as he is and he, all he wants is love also as part of this past time in bhagavad gita as lord also says that srotasam uh, asmi janavi so the past time also says why we say janavi is also name of ganges is because that as she flows in the earth it so happens that ganges is so uh, f- so flowing if anyone has seen ganges flow it's extremely fast actually it's extremely extremely fast and now it is it may look materially slowed but when it first came uh, unimpeded it flooded everything in the field so uh, janavarishi actually completely swallowed ganges and of course the demigods requested him this is a purpose to purify so he releases ganges out of his right ear that's why whenever as brahmanas when we actually use a sacred thread we do something we tie the sacred thread to the right ear why we hear gayatri from the right ear because it's considered pure that is the reason that is the effect of it uh as part of this past time actually what's interesting is to see is ganges came and as a devotee of the lord she was the mother of bhishma 
in Mahabharata. And this whole pastime comes through, as you know, Srimad Bhagavatam has come because of, you know, the events of Mahabharata has gone. And guess actually seeing that Bhishma's mother is Ganges. And the story about uh, Bhishma is because there are 33 primeval deities. Out of that, 8 are Vasus. And each of the Vasus actually represent sun, moon, ether, water, fire, nakshatram, uh, all these elements. And it so happens, these 8 Vasus once goes to Vashishta and they want to steal Kamadhenu. So one of the, the one of the main Vasus actually, Prabhasa, who represents the sky or ether, uh, he and his wife are the main uh, culprits here. So, once Vashishta realizes, he curses all of them to say, you are going to be born as mortals. Now, it so happens that out of the eight, of course, the demigods, you know, they are elements of creation and you need them, like Agni, Vayu and everything. So, they give them an opportunity, okay, you will go for one mortal year in Bhulokam. As you know, six months here is one day. So it's very, it's a very short amount of time in relative space. So it so happens in this whole context is that Shantanu sees a beautiful woman, right? And he sees this river and there's a beautiful woman and he wants to marry. And as part of this pastime, the woman agrees, who is Ganges, she says, you will marry me on one condition that you will not ask me what I do. So he marries her and he begets the first child and immediately she takes the first child and drowns him in the river. Shantanu doesn't, as his vow, he doesn't understand. It happens seven times. Uh, and he is completely perplexed. The eighth time, he cannot stop himself. And he questions why. So she tells him that yes, uh, the pastime about Vasus, what happened, and uh, you know, so this eighth child shall stay here. And the reason is because he was the main culprit to initiate to steal Vashishta's uh, cow. So, because of that, Bhishma Dev stays longest of all. All the seven are, children are already drowned. Now, as we see about this pastime, where I am going is actually in the next few verses, it is actually uh, said, Markandeya says, that, Aho Ishvara Lileyam Durvibhaya Sariranam it is indeed difficult to understand for embodied souls the pastimes of universal controllers such as lords bow down and offer praise to living entities. And where I'm where this is going is the next verse also says generally it is to induce embodied souls to accept religious principles that the authorized teachers of religion exhibit ideal behavior while encouraging and praising proper behavior of others. As we know, Bhishma Dev's pastime, Lord lifted the weapon to please his devotee. Right? And the 30th verse says, Naitavata Bhagavataha Swamaya Maya Vrittibhi Na Dushyetanu Bhavastair Mayane Kuham Yatha This apparent humility is a show of mercy. Such behavior of the Supreme Lord and his personal associates, which the Lord affects by his own bewildering potency, does not spoil his power any more than a magician's powers are diminished by his exhibition of trips. So this humility has been shown 
Actually, when Lord Chaitanya goes to see Haridas Thakura, right? As we know, Haridas Thakura is in his final stages and every time uh, the devotees come to see him and finally he says, I am not feeling well and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes to see him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, is Bhaktavataram. He comes as a devotee, but he is Krishna. Haridas Thakur has taken the position of Namacharya, but materially he shows himself to be the lowest, not spiritually. And what does Lord do? Lord goes to see him. Why? Because the Lord cares for the devotees. In fact, Krishna, it says, Vande Vrinda Vanacharam it means the Lord cares for even the cows and the calves. Forget about humans and devotees. He shows this mercy even to not just human beings. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he went through the forest, right? He's dancing with the birds, the animals. For the Lord, he doesn't differentiate. We differentiate as humans. We differentiate as animals. For the Lord, everyone is his child. It's a jivatma. A father may have different different sons and daughters, but ultimately his love will be, you know, for his children. He provides air for us. He provides air for even the animals. And that is his love for them. We can never say, that's why it's, yes, vidya vinaya sampanne gramine gravahastini. Yes, a, a learned pandit may see everyone as equal jivatma as a dog or an animal or anyone, a human being. For the Lord, everyone, His love is there for everyone. It is for the jivatma to come closer to His Father. And the most important essence which the Lord shows here is vatsalyam actually. Because He is the aham bija prajapitaha. He is the seed giving Father of every living entity. So His love is actually magnanimous for all of us. It is we who have turned ourselves back but his love is always there. And so, the humility which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu shows coming to Haridas Thakura. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, can know and already communicate with Haridas Thakura, but he wants to come personally to show this humility by visiting him in person. And what does Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ask? Uh, Prabhu kahe, kon vyadi kahe ta nirnaya. What is your problem? What are you having? And Haridas Thakur says, Teno kahe, Sankhya Kirtana Puraya. I cannot chant my rounds. I cannot chant your names as what I have promised, as Namacharya. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, You have chanted enough already. <laughs> you have done enough. So, of course, this is an example for us. What Haridas Thakur is showing is, chanting should be done out of love eventually. It should just flow. And Haridas Thakur's only desire, he says, is I want to quit my body seeing you. So, as we know the past time, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, out of, as in humility, he heeds to his request that today I have other duties to do, tomorrow I will come. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does come the next day and they have a wonderful kirtan in the courtyard and all Haridas Thakur takes is, he takes the lotus feet of the Lord, puts on his chest. And his desire is to look into Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lotus eyes and chant Hari's name and quit his body. What magnanimous way of quitting the body and 
what magnanimity lord shows also his humility this is where it says the apparent humility is a show of mercy that vatsalyam comes that's the mercy which the lord shows by him even taking avataram as chaitanya mahaprabhu or coming as krishna or coming as narsimhadev you know that is his mercy he wants to show and as we see in this past time that krishna is showing that his love is ever present for us and as shiva says that the only way we can come is you have to purify ourselves to understand that mercy of the lord sometimes the mercy may come directly sometimes may come through guru sometimes may come through association of other devotees and that's the effect of you know the mercy of the lord and his associates in fact the same mercy is actually shown as now we go from this past time uh, of course it's a very wonderful past time to elaborate where the lord does kirtan they bury haridas thakura and the most important thing is as they wash haridas thakura's body in the sea the sea and the puri is, is pure that is why it said when you go to puri you must take a, at least a bath or at least put your water you know put the water on your head because that place is purified it is tirtha so tirtha is that that's we said as as we wash our spiritual master's feet and we take his water same way we take charnamritam the same way taking water that which is coming from an exalted devotee like haridas thakur that's why it becomes tirtha and that's where lord shiva is also mentioning this here so this is one past time where it is explaining that why the sea at puri is supposed to be pure materially it may look different the color may different but spiritually from within it purifies us and going forward as we talked about bhishma dev and how ganges came what happens is part of this past time when bhishma dev is in the battlefield and finally is about to quit his body right uh he lies on a bed of arrows ganges comes uh and he composes the thousand names of vishnu which we call vishnu sahasranamam in his state bhishma dev as son of ganges in this in this lifetime he composes and there are a couple of actually very beautiful out of the names he composes he says swaksha swango satanando nando jyoti agneshwara swaksha it means the eyes of the lord are beautiful you know swangaha means the lord is always delighted with the association of the devotees his uh, videyatma he composes after this he says vijitatma videyatma videyatma means subbusinesses of the lord so the lord is subservient to his devotees and as we see lord picks up the weapon to sat- to uh, to satisfy bhishma dev he comes to satisfy haridas thakura he comes uh, to satisfy pralada's word to give him the benediction slaying hiranyakashipu is secondary it's always said in bhagavad gita it's as i've said before it's paritranaya sadhunam then vinashaya cha dushtunitam he can kill all these demons in a snap of a finger his potency itself he can do it but he comes to show that love to his devotees and that is why he comes first and that is the beauty which is shown in some of these names and so bhishma dev composes these names of the lord 
to show again as we see the same submissiveness of the lord the disposition of the lord you know how he dispels the fears of the devotees and this is the effect of the overall essence of the archa vigraha the names of the lord after all the lord only wants us to go back come to his abode and to serve him and the devotees together so as part of this beauty you know there is you know madhurashtakam has been composed by vallabhacharya which says geetam madhuram geetam madhuram bhuktam madhuram suktam madhuram rupam madhuram tilakam madhuram madhuradhipate rakhilam madhuram says his geetam is is eating is beautiful his tilakam is beautiful his pitambaram his yellow cloth is beautiful his sleeping is also beautiful you know his form is already beautiful and everything is beautiful about him so that is actually the essence all of worshiping the lord the essence the humility every attribute of the lord itself is beautiful material objects may be beautiful they may last temporary spiritual beauty is different in fact there is another point which lord bishma when he composes the name he says sridaha srisa srinivasa it it's actually saying lord is the universe of is the owner is the husband of sri and he gives pleasure to sri and what it means is people worship generally lakshmi devi thinking oh we want wealth there are two kinds of wealth actually one is material wealth which is called prayas and there is something called spiritual wealth called shreyas and what lakshmi devi truly has is the wealth of her husband is the spiritual wealth so that's the real essence that worshiping the lord should be for spiritual wealth for his association and for his love so um i will end today's class um uh, if any questions or comments uh hey kush yes. there we are yes. okay so thank you so much for the wonderful class i really appreciate it and um very vedic and nice to hear everything based on shastra um my first question i have two questions my first question has to do with demigod worship here you know we're being instructed by lord shiva and uma and um you know it's just so beautiful to listen to this dialogue and their respect and love for markandeya rishi and it just seems like lord shiva is just incredibly worshipful and uma also the way um the goddess parvati is in, engaged you know in this dialogue and uh pastime so that has to that's my first question my first question is you know we read in the gita or we you know we 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 we're instructed by our previous acharyas that we shouldn't take up deity uh, uh demigod worship but on the same time here we're being instructed by demigods and it seems to me that in every way lord shiva is worshipful so i that was my first question yes 
So it's a very good question, Prabhuji. So I can share this. Actually, I've uh, asked uh, some of our uh, spiritual leaders as well as, uh, you know, other Vaishnava Sampradayas, right? And they are Acharyas too. So you're correct. Lord Shiva is actually worshipable, right? He is a, a stalwart devotee. So first we'll answer Lord Shiva's aspect and then other demigods. Generally speaking, yes, as in Vaishnava Sampradayam, we only worship Vishnu Tattva, right? Because our surrender is to that. Now, in the neophyte stage, generally, it is advisable that don't worship, you know, because, so if you look at the history, we didn't become Vaishnavas in one lifetime, right? It was not one lifetime today. We have taken Bahunam Janmana Mante, many, many human births. We have come through the Vedic knowledge, right? And everyone's path is, every Jivatma's path is different, but it is not like today we just came and said, okay, I worship Lord Krishna. Right? We have gone through the system. And eventually we have come to this realization. Vasudeva Sarvam Iti. That's what the verse says in Bhagavad Gita. So, generally speaking, we also at some point in my, I don't know, in my previous hundreds of life before, I may have been a worshipping demigod. Right? But today Acharyas say, once you are coming to the path of Vaishnavism, it is not advisable to worship because your mind may tend to ask for other things, for material benefits. Right? Which means you are diversing from your goal of asking to go for spiritual love or asking for Krishna Prema. Right? And that's why it is advisable generally. People will say, don't go. But we should not show disrespect because there's always a confusion which very very time happens. Right? That we worship the Lord and we say we see a demigod temple. Am I supposed to? Yes, we have to bow down. You know, there's no harm in bowing down. That's humility. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Tranadapi Sunichena. We are not greater than Lord Shiva or Parvati. There's no way. Right? So our if we keep that's that's why I, I love Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's verses because they are the essence of it, right? The Tranadapi Sunichena means they are already there. He's serving. That's why I use the example Lord Shiva is taking Ganges on his head. We have no qualification to do that. Because of him, we are getting Ganges water. When we go to Mayapur, we see Ganges. Oh, we want to bathe in the Ganges. We cannot be grateful to Lord, ungrateful to Lord Shiva for doing that, right? We forget that. So that's why we have to show respect to them. But showing respect is one thing. But we don't need to go and worship them and ask for things. Because then what happens is your mind may tend to get uh, sidetracked. Right, instead of your goal of going to Lord's abode or Goloka Vaikuntam, you may want to go. Now, there is no harm for other Jivatmas. Sometimes they worship other deities. But we should not look down upon them because they are part of the Vedic culture. Right? Yes, Vaishnava Acharyas have been very strict saying uh, we should not worship demigods. Right? You can show respect to them. They are also Vaishnavas, right? Like Vayu or Agni, we breathe air. You know, I'm not saying indirectly, right? It's not saying we have to go specifically to a temple to worship him. But if you go, if say you happen to pass, I'm just using an example. You happen to go to a place, right? And for example, just one example is we go to a temple here, there are other deities are present. You don't, you don't want to show disrespect to them, right? There's no harm in, I mean, we bow down to other devotees. What does it take to bow down to them, right? But not ask anything. So, that's, that is the position what Acharyas have said is, but generally in neophyte stage we will say, don't go and worship specifically, right? 
uh, don't go and ask for things. You can ask for Krishna Prema. You can ask for, I want to become more steadfast in devotional service to Lord. There's no harm in that. That, the, the, because that is now coming at a spiritual realm. You are not going, you know, just asking for material benefits, saying I want, you know. Ultimately, the way we see it is Lord has created all these deities too, right? And they are assisting him in the creation and dissolution of the universe. So, not saying we should worship them directly. We can show respect to them, uh, but not ask for material gains or benefits, at least. Yes, Prabhuji. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, you know, when you're explaining this, it reminded me of the pastime of um, Goddess Rukmini. So she's going to the um, temple of the Goddess Durga, which is part of their family culture, her yeah. family tradition. Yeah. And um, I know that Srila Prabhupada, and, and he's referring to other acharyas, and they're saying that her worship is not considered demigod worship in the sense that she, even though she's going to a demigod let me try to clarify this because it sounds contradictory her worship is not condemned yes. by these verses of bhagavad gita right. that we shouldn't worship demigods because she is go- going specifically for krishna prema she's going specifically to become united with the Lord, to serve the Lord out of love and devotion. So her worship of Uma or of the goddess Parvati is considered, you know, in line with our tradition of bhakti. Now, I know in a previous place, it's mentioned, I'm trying to remember, I know that story is very detailed and outlined both in the 10th canto as well as in the Krishna book. Prabhupada specifies that. So, um, and that's your point, basically. But um, we also see where the kings of the past in the Vedic culture in were uh, Vishnu Bhaktas, but they do worship the demigods such as Parvati or Lord Shiva and so forth for material opulence and for material power right. to be able to, I guess act on behalf of the Lord. You see, there's seems like it kind of overlaps. Like, yes. like, let's just say, for example, you know, I am materialistic. You know, I see a new car. I see a beautiful home. I see a beautiful woman. I see a lot of money, you know, gold, whatever it is. You know, you become attracted by that. So, you know, it's natural. If Say if you go out to get a job, you want the job that's going to pay you the most, right? You want to make as much money as possible. So, it seems even in our practice of devotional service, there are so many necessities. Yes. Now, I mean, ultimately, are we meant to come to the point where we realize that actually, I don't need any necessities. I can just be penniless. I mean, Lord Chaitanya was. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Yes, yes, yes. Probably. Okay, could you take a few good comment on that? That would be very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's also a very good point and question, Prabhuji, you're right, that there are necessities people want in day-to-day life, right? Everyone cannot be uh, renounced without anything, right? Or like Jada Bharata or something like that. We all live in a practical universe. Uh, but that's why we again come to Acharya saying that, yes, some of the previous Vedic culture and kings, they would also satisfy the other deities, right? Sometimes, the way we it, it used to happen in the Vedic culture in the past, is what I've seen and heard from other Acharyas is, the kings also do that worship as a matter of respect. Sometimes, you know, so jivatas may ask something, right? So 
the best way we can say it is this, right? But you have to be sometimes at the conscious level, right? Eventually you have to get to the goal. So some person may say, think about it saying, I have one devotee and I call him to his home and I, you know, I take care of him. So a worship of a demigod can also, in that aspect is considered like that. But... Wait, 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 explain that one more time. I didn't, yes, I was, yes. my mind was diverted to something yeah. else. So what yes. was that? You go to a, of so, so think home, about it. a demigod on the altar, right? Yeah, no, not here, but I'm okay. saying generally. No, I mean, I go to so many Indians, even my own family's home. There's yes. demigods, you know, there's, Exa- there's Jesus Christ, there's so many. <laughs> right. So, so generally, at least for demigods, I mean, some people worship them and, uh, but coming to the past of kings, right, they used to show the respect to the demigods too, right? Because, uh, Ultimately, yes, if they are truly realized, they can just ask Krishna. But you have to also understand that there are these deities also present, right? So they, they, these worships are there as a matter of respect to shown to them also, right? Sometimes that's why, as you said, that the perfect analogy Prabhuji said is, Rukmini went to ask for Krishna Prema, right? She didn't ask much. Uh, so generally, you may, you may go, some, someone may go to a demigod, you know, if he comes across or happens to go there, right? You don't ask, you don't ask for material benefits, right? You may ask, you may show respect, right? And that be it, right? If you're surrendered, right? Now, to come to the stage, that's okay. A lot of people, you know, as we know, they also worship, you know, before they completely take to pure, I would say, a, I won't say pure, but fully in Krishna consciousness, Vaishnavism, right? Which means, I would say Krishna consciousness, I say Vaishnavism, where you don't worship other deities specifically, right? For material benefits or desires, Till they get to that level, they will be doing that. But that doesn't mean we should look down upon them. Because they are still worship. Would you want someone worshipping some uh, fake uh, guru? <laughs> or rather worship them Lord Shiva. It, it, the choice is like this. Mm-hmm. We should not discourage people who, uh, uh, who worship Vedic deities. Right? Now... Yes, there is a lot of uh, subjectiveness of how they worship, what they do, right? That's a different aspect of it. But at least we should not, you know, it's like Prabhupada would say, if you remove something, what they're doing, you create a void, right? You rather, uh, this is a path slowly to lead them to Krishna, right? That's the best way to do it. You should not, that's why it said, right, don't remove something right away from someone, right? It doesn't. No, it's very nice. Um uh, you know, I, I, this has added a third question, so don't mind. No, but no. a friend of mine, older man, gentleman, uh, you know, he's a very nice devotee. Now, 50% of what he said, was saying to me was a joke. But I was asking him, because we hadn't seen each other in a long time, right? I've been traveling, and he was ill. But I, so he said, oh, you know, I haven't come here for a long time. And he was t- telling me, meaning, you know, I'm getting old now. I'm getting, I've been very ill. But then he directed it towards Krishna and he said, you know why? And I said, no, Prabhu, why didn't you come for a long time? He said, because Krishna won't give you anything. He said, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he, you know, he said, uh, this guy is not going to give you anything. Why are you coming and worshipping him? So, you know, just to kind of include demigods in this, uh, you know, people may think, well, actually, worshipping Krishna you know, Krishna is not going to give me material things, you know, is that I really want. So better I go to the demigods or better I go to whoever, you but, know. But, but as Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, that whatever they approve is actually only coming from Him. Right? They may not, yes, they may not come to that realization, but as Lord, that's what Bhagavad, in Bhagavad Gita Krishna says, right? 
whatever they worship is he says whatever they worship is only coming to me it's like in in a government you may go to worship someone you know it has to go through some approval process right the ultimate approver you know he has delegated powers to his demigods but ultimate approver is him right so uh but it yes. seems it seems as if the demigods giving it to you and krishna is not like i was reading something you know it kind of shook me really shook me Prabhupada was saying, you know, at a certain point, Krishna will not let the devotee become successful materially. You know, Prabhupada's giving his own example of how his business was destroyed and that, you know, and the family was, uh, 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 you know, there's so much family upheaval and everything. <coughs> Prabhupada was saying ultimately to bring him to this point, you know, of, of surrendering and preaching and carrying out his Guru Maharaj's instruction. So, but I mean, that is so hard to accept that, you know, I'm going to endeavor and everyone's expecting me to be successful. And yet the Lord is going to dismantle it. The yeah. Lord is not going to let me be successful. You know, at a certain point, I mean, how are you supposed to accept that? So, so no, that's also a very good question, Prabhuji, because as you said, Lord decides, the Lord only knows, Krishna knows what is right or what is wrong for us, ultimately as a father. He knows it. How we come to the realization sooner or later, that's where the karma comes, right? Because, you know, many times he gives people choice, right? And, you know, in some past lifetime too, I might have had choice. I might have taken the wrong choice, right? I've taken birth again. And based on my own actions, those reactions happen. The Lord will give us a choice, right? And it's very difficult. And as as you rightly pointed out that, uh, you know, people, it's it's that's why... Until, that's why we say, until we get out of this bodily conception, right? The more and more we attach to the body, uh, it's difficult to realize that. It's, it's, a, it's like a catch-22, right? It says, if you keep realizing you're the, bo- you're the body and not spirit soul, right? You're actually the spirit soul. Then you will start realizing slowly, the Lord is doing for me to get out of this cycle of birth and death, right? But for that, that's why Acharyas have said, Nama Sankirtanam, right? Chanting the Lord's name or... We say, preach the Lord's name. Let other people come in contact with the devotee. Right? That's why even Markandeya Rishi, when Lord Shiva says, seeing you, uh, seeing you gives the benefit. Right? What about speaking directly? It is more purifying. That's why the association of devotee is so much valued. Right? Uh, that's why it is required. But you are right, Prabhuji, that uh, people will worship. Right? Uh, because people want immediate desires. But there is no guarantee. It's it's a it is you know just because we pray doesn't mean everything is granted. You know I've seen in India like a rickshaw wallas. You know they'll have a you know the, the the person is basically you know impoverished, right? They're wearing or you know you know exactly what a rickshaw wala is in India. So. But yet they're worshipping a de- demigod. Like they may have a picture yes. of Lord Shiva or Lord Parvati. So to me, it, you know, you see, and you see some of the richest people in India, like the Birlas and so forth, worshipping Vishnu. Right. Right? So to me, fun. it doesn't always seem to follow like a no, strict, you know, result. Like I'm seeing rickshaw wallows worshipping demigods and they're so poor and struggling and so forth. And I'm seeing, you know, the Birlas worshipping Lord Vishnu and they're like super rich. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't just seem like, well, if you worship Vishnu, you're always going to be poor 
Or if you worship a demigod, you're always going to be rich, you know? I mean, practically. No, yeah, practically, Prabhuji, there is no... It's the vice versa is also true, right? There are a lot of devotees also, you know, Vaishnavas, who are not as rich as Birlas, right? They are also struggling. And there are a lot of other devotees, for example, who are demigod worshippers, who are also very opulent, right? They're extremely opulent too. And so, there is no right or wrong to this. It is past prarabdha karma, what they did in the past lifetime and everything, and they are reaping their benefits today, right? And... That's why it is said there is no perfect, this is this karma answer of getting benefits. We may pray to the Lord, right? It doesn't mean everything is, we are going to get everything. Right? We may want to become the richest or even happy. I mean, more than richest, I would say happiness, right? That's what ultimately human wants, right? Happiness is, whether happiness is uh, put as a material benefit or spiritual, whatever it may be, right? Happiness is a different term, but whatever they want happiness, it doesn't mean just by praying to Lord or even praying to the Lord uh, Krishna, you are going to get happiness. Lord may choose to give. Div- Sometimes devotees get difficulties, right? So what do you do? We don't reject the Lord. No, most of our history is like that. Prahlad Maharaj being yep. tortured, uh, the Pandavas being yeah, you know driven. But they still, but they still were still having faith in the Lord, and that's what is required. Ultimately, that mercy actually in the verse when the Lord shows that humility, right? Uh, we, we talk about pastimes, but many of the times that actually is vatsalyam. Think about the best way, I know Prabhupada has said it many times and even other acharyas have said it, that, you know, a child gets chastised sometimes, scolded by the parents for not doing it. It's like a punishment, it feels very harsh, but they stop the child from doing something at a young age that it will never do it again. Mm. Right? Now, child can be mischievous, children may not want to listen to the parents, and we are also like that. We continue, you know, sometimes that uh, thing may come directly from the Lord, from devotees, from other demigods. You know, for example, we may pray other devatas too, right? And they may not get the benefit, but they still continue praying, right? The most important is at least, is the faith should not go away. And that's what is important. It doesn't matter, because ultimately that's what leads a person a jivatma, I would say, to come to the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. So, a person, you know, for example, uh, a, uh, a jivatma today may pray to demigod, he may get something, he may not get something. At some point, you know, he comes in contact with the Vaishnava, and he realizes that, yes, these material things are required, but if I surrender to the Lord, that should be the ultimate goal. And it takes many times and many lifetimes to realize that. That this is a journey, you know, our, this is a journey we have. We have a body, we have karma, we may have desires, we have responsibilities to take. The, but the most important thing for, I would summarize by saying for devotees is, you should put your best effort, right? Whether difficulties come or no, uh, we should not give up. Like, we don't give up chanting the Lord's name, we don't cha- uh, stop doing service, devotional service, Right? doesn't matter what is there. That is the essence. The essence is never to give up the Lord's name, never to give up worshipping Him. Right? Once that is there, then eventually, how Lord decides how that karma has to end, how we go back, He knows it. And that is the faith we have. And slowly it leads to Sharanagati, right? Like, Bhishma Dev knew, right? He had a will to quit his body, right? But he knew Lord will come and take care of it, Right? So, 
and Haridas Thakur's example is another prime one. There are many others, right, like that. So, yeah, Prabhuji, I mean, it's a very good point you've asked. Uh, but yes, as generally to summarize, Vaishnava Acharyas will say, show respect to demigods, right? Yes, uh, the point also you made to, again, summarize for those hearing is, what Rukmini did by asking Durga is for love of Krishna, wanting as a hurt, and it's perfectly fine. If you can pray like that, that's also perfect. But not everyone will, uh, you know, will come to that. You know, I have this other question, but I want to add one antidote where um, there was an Indian gentleman and he was questioning Srila Prabhupada, why don't you put a deity of Durga on your altar? And um, Prabhupada said, why do you want to worship her? He said, she's holding the trident, she's only giving you adhyatmic, adhidaivic, adhibotic misery. So why do you want to worship someone that's giving you miseries? So on one hand, these material benedictions are actually the source of our misery. Yes. And he said, better to worship Sri Radharani because she will only give you love. Love, exactly. And that's the point I made, right, that uh, the... Sridha, as I said, when Bhishma Dev composed about Sridha Sri Sastri Nivasa, uh, there are two uh, here, there are two kinds of wealth, prayas and shreyas, right? People worship Lakshmi Devi saying, I want prayas, but no, her real wealth she can give is shreyas, which is spiritual wealth. Mm. People, nice. yes, it is part of her, she has wealth. You need Lakshmi to do service. But the real wealth is a spiritual love. After all, she is the wife of the Lord, the consort of the Lord. Mm. What more she can give? Mm. That's the same way we worship Srimati Radharani, right? We worship the gopis to get the more. Mm. You know, so this question that I have, it's, um, you know, when you look at Krishna's pastimes, see, like, you know, you you were focusing on this point that the Lord... Um, the Lord appears for the, the pleasure and the relationship of love with the devotee and not for killing the demons. That's a, that's a secondary aspect. Yeah. But if you look at Krishna's pastime, say in the Bhagavatam, most of the time he's killing demons. Right. But, but, but the, the, the first, yes, so it is not, we are not negating he's doing that. But the primal reason he comes is because the devotees are present. So, he could have just killed these demons with a snap of a finger, right? Uh-huh. Lord doesn't need to be physically present, right? Uh, think about the Lord's energies, right? All Lord needs to do is create a fire and kill the demons. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, when he went to Lanka, for example, he wanted to fight, right? That's a different, the pastime. He could have just summoned, like, for example, when he was about to build one pastime, right? He was uh, about to build a bridge and Varuna was not ready to give him, you know, the the permission to build, right? And he was ready to trap the whole ocean, right? He could have just commanded the ocean and washed away Lanka. No, but he wants to do it in person to come. Just like a, a parent will come, you know, if a... Uh, the best way I can put it is this. If a child has fallen down, you can send someone else to pick the child and pacify it or you want your own mother father to come and pacify how much love, the, I mean, it's natural, right? A, a child will feel more love when the mother comes and picks it up. Okay, thank you so much. It was really, thank you, Prabhu, really for enjoyed. Nice. No, thank you for the discussion. And it's very good questions actually you asked from Hare you. So people can hear. I appreciate it. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bhagavatam ki jai. Jai.